Praise the Lord. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. It's another privilege to be in thy house, dear God. Thank you for the privilege, dear God, to be standing, to be used of you. Now just touch my mind, touch my lips, dear God. Speak the words that you would have us to hear, dear God. Lord, that we may grow closer to you and stronger in you and go out and do a work for you. Which in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. The title of the lesson this morning is How to Resist the Devil When You Find Yourself Alone. You know, if we go to our, our scripture in James 4, chapter 7, uh, James chapter 4, verse 7. Uh, it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter return into mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. And other as the pastor has said many times, we we quote that uh, verse seven. We always leave out the first part of it. We always say, uh, "Resist the devil, and he will flee from you." Well, before you resist the devil and he starts fleeing, we have to submit ourselves to God. You know, we all suffer uh, our own sinfulness and actions of the enemy and. Uh, all these things that comes against us, you know, I've always said, you know, when we get to the point where we, where we're going through something that we need to, to stop and take a few minutes to realize, to figure out if it's our fault or if Satan's coming against us or if the Lord is testing us. Most of the time, the biggest part of the time, and we're going to find out that it's something that we have done, um, that is messing us up and keeping us short of the glory of God. But every once in a while, God will test us. If we go to this, uh, over to Job, and we, we uh, remember the story of Job and how that he uh, lost everything he had and uh, he got down to where the, the only thing he had basically was a was a, uh, uh, like a wash tub and it was full of ashes and he was sitting in it with uh, pieces of pottery scraping the sores on his arm. But how did he get there? You know, this, this is what we need to check out. Like I say, find out exactly why that we're going through uh, what we're going through. If we go to Job in chapter 1, uh, verse 6, and it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? 
that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and seeth him. Now then, this is God asking Satan, have you ever considered my servant Job? I would, I would sincerely like to believe that God has that much confidence in me. I, I wonder sometimes. I really do. I really wonder a lot. But, you know, Job was an upright man. He was, he was straight up in everything that he said. He was straight up in all of his dealings. The Lord blessed him in a great and mighty way. And he would do things for you even if he thought that you needed he, he, Some of them he didn't even know for sure that you needed but he would do them for you anyway. He got up one morning after his his children had uh, had a party the night before, and he got up early that morning and he went out and he made offerings and sacrifices for them just in case they did something that was not right. But the Lord, took, but the Lord allowed Satan to take everything he had, and it was it was like one right after another. One servant would come up and tell him that this. Uh, this had been uh, killed or stolen, and the next certain he wasn't much going to get peace telling him that. Well, the next one would come up and tell him that this one had been stolen or had killed, and, and then the last one came up and told him that the house that his children were in fell and killed every one of them. And it's just one thing right after another. But Job stood strong. He, got, he blamed himself. He blamed everything. He blamed everything but God. He knew it was not God's fault. But Job uh, 3, 1 through 8. After this, opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. And Job spake and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night in which it was said, There is a man child conceived. Let that day be darkness. Let no let not God regard it from above, neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of this stand. Let a cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, let darkness seize upon it. Let it not be joined unto the days of the year. Let it not come unto the number of the months. Lo, let the night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come therein. Let him curse it that curse the day who are ready to raise up in up their morning. He, he, he was so angry and upset that all this had happened to him that he cursed the day that he was ever born. You know, many of us ever been we, have, we, get, we get to the point to where that we think that we are our, on the lowest point. We're all by ourselves, nobody else around, and all of a sudden the Lord has left us and we're stuck out in the middle of this desert and have nowhere to turn and nowhere, and nowhere to go and don't know what to do. That is what they're talking about, being all alone. The Lord... God basically gave Satan, gave Job to Satan and said, you can do whatever you want to to him, you can take his life. How many of us would 
if we were in that position, how many of us would just give up, go in town, curse God, and just, just die? How many of us would do that? He cried out. He turned his concerns to constant prayer. He uh, he never he prayed to God. He never he never once did he ever uh, blame God for what was going on. As a matter of fact, in one point he said, "The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord." In other words, he even know he Lord had gave him a lot, and the Lord had taken away everything he had. God was still. He was still number one in his life. The Bible encourages us to pray constantly. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. Continually be praying. Continually be talking to God. You know, uh, I know the Bible says pray without ceasing, but, you know, I think of it more as talking to my best friend. That, that's what I do during the day. I talk to them. I know if people's watching me, they, they probably think I'm more crazy at work and I talk to myself all the time because I, I every once in a while, I'll just start talking to the Lord about something and uh, something will come to my mind that uh, somebody needs something or a uh, prayer request that I heard in church or uh, one that I had read on Facebook and, and I'll start talking to the Lord about it. Same thing as prayer. Prayer is nothing more than going to the Lord himself in person and talking directly to him. In the face of adversity, there's always somebody that wants to give you their two cents worth. Their words of encouragement. And you know, a lot of times, we, we, we uh, as children of God, we need to be really careful about what we say and when we say it. This is where we need to be led by the Lord. Sometimes people are going through things and we don't need to say a word. All we need to do is just be there for them and listen to what they have to say. Listen and pray for them. Sometimes that's something we can do. They, they often refer to scripture verses as a reminder God's love and the importance of the community. What happens though when we're suffering and we're, we feel we feel in that place where we're completely alone? Everybody has gone off and left us, and everybody is trying to drag us down even more than what we are, and we are we are stuck here in this in this mess by ourselves. The advice given sometimes, like I said, is simple act of listening. Does the enemy ever attack us as fiercely as he does Job? Yes, he does, in a way. See, Satan knows just exactly what it takes to bring us down. He knows just exactly what it, it takes to get us, uh, get our mind off the Lord and get our mind on our problems. You see, that's the one thing that Satan never done to Job. He, he got his mind on his problems, but he never got his mind off the Lord. He knew that the Lord was going to carry him through. 
He knew that. He trusted in the Lord. He prayed for the Lord continually. But he still, he still uh, cursed the day he was born. He, he still complained uh, uh, somewhat, but yet he knew exactly what was going to happen in the end. The Lord was either going to bless him or the Lord was going to take him out. I, on the other hand, I have a, a real bad habit of taking my mind, taking every, my focus completely off the Lord and on exactly what's going on at that moment in my life. I forget about the Lord and I, I get complaining and I get griping because of what is going on in my in, right then in my life and everything, and I forget about the Lord. And the Lord has to remind me. He has to remind me. And there was a while he got me, he's gonna have he smacked me in the back of the head, telling me to wake up. And when he does that, when he when he wakes me up, and I remember that the Lord is in control of everything. Back up, turn everything over to him, calm down, and then I'll proceed from there with the Lord. Thanking, thanking the Lord for being there with me. Thanking Jesus for being there. Thanking Him for showing me that I need I need to trust in Him and not in myself and what's going on at that time. And in Job 1, 20 and 22, it says, Then Job arose, rent his mouth, shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground, and worshipped, and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolish. The first thing we want to do when we are going through adversity is we want to blame it on somebody. Most of the time we blame it on the Lord. It's his fault we're going through this. We don't know why we're going through this. Lord, why, why are you causing me to go through this? It was probably not the Lord's fault. I know I'm going to say 75% of the time that I go through things, it's nobody's fault but mine. I'm the cause of it, and I, I have to be woken up and realize that, hey, you're the reason why you're doing this. You want to get out of this mess, turn it over to me, leave it alone, let me work on it, and you go on and do what I have you to do. Encouraging yourself be one of the biggest challenges to faith. After all, God did not make Adam to be alone. You know, like I said, when we get to those points, we're all alone. I don't care how many people sitting around us in the church or how many people around us at work or how many uh, are around us at home, we are alone. We, we feel like that we are going through this by ourselves and everybody has just completely left us and we have to fend for ourselves. This is when we need to start encouraging ourselves to look to the Lord. And it's not easy to do because we as humans, we have a tendency to live in the moment. 
We forget everything that happened yesterday. We forget that we went through a similar uh, situation just two weeks ago, and we turned it over to the Lord right when we started going through it, and it wasn't as bad going through it, and we came out on the other side blessed and better off than when we went into it. But we forget about those things. Right now, right now, what's going on right here? And that's what we look at. But see, we've got to remember those times and say, hey, I've done many here once. I've been through this similar thing. Lord, we're going to nip this in the bud right now. I may have to go through it, but I know you're going to go through it with me, even though I may not feel like you're with me. I know you're right there beside of me, and I'm going to turn it over to you, and we're going to go through this together. This is not as bad, and it's not, uh, it doesn't seem to be as long. We were made for fellowship. Oh, and in Genesis 2.18, the Lord said, uh, God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make for him and help me for him. So there's always somebody there, whether we know it or not. The Lord has, always, has laid upon somebody to pray for us. No matter what we're going through, no matter how bad it seems, there's somebody there that's praying for us. We've got to remember that. And we've got to remember to trust in God. And we have to encourage ourselves sometimes. We, a lot of times we don't want to talk to nobody. We don't want to listen to nobody. We just want to be left alone. So the only thing that we can do then is trust in God and encourage ourselves to go on. Doesn't mean that we will always get the outcome we want. But God will always show us favor. It's, you know, I figured out one thing. When the Lord tells you to do something, you might as well do it whether you know anything about it or even how to even start. You might as well just go ahead and just say, all right, Lord, here I am. I'm going to do this and, and follow him and he will show you the way and it would be a whole lot easier to go. The Bible's in, in 4, 7, James 4, 7, submit yourself. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and you will flee from him. We can lean on God instead of leaning on others. Or despairing in our circumstances. <laughs> that's, that's what most of us do. You know, we, oh, it's me. We, want, we like to have them pity parties. We like to have them, them times when we want everybody to uh, be, uh, be down and as down as far as we are, we want everybody to come down to our level instead of letting people pick us up to, their, to the level that we should be. The devil does the devil does not want us to succeed. God who cares for us does. When we can respond to hardships with plentiful faith, we are following the example of Joseph. There are three ways to resist the devil when you find yourself alone. Pray. Read the instructions. God's Word. You want to know how to go through something that you're going through? Read 
the instruction. Read God's word. The Lord and all the apostles and all the disciples and a lot of the prophets and everybody in the Bible went through just exactly what you are going through at that time. They will show you exactly how to get out of it. Job suffered, he cried out to God repeatedly. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 19, it says this, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, which not the Spirit. In everything give thanks. That's hard to do. When you are going through those times and you are all alone and the Lord is not nowhere around you, you kneel down to pray and your prayers are not going no farther up than your head seems like, this is a time that we need to forget about actually praying for anything and we start thanking the Lord for what we have. Thank Him for everything. Sometimes I will go in and pray in the mornings and, and I, it just, just don't feel right. And I'll kneel down and I'll pray and uh, I'll tell uh, Father good morning, I'll tell Jesus good morning, I'll tell the Holy Spirit good morning. And I don't know what to say after that because to me it feels like he is not listening. So I just start praising him. Thanking him. Thanking him for everything in my life. And I'll spend 20, 30 minutes just thanking him for everything that I have. And the next thing I know, I feel him walking. I feel him. Well, he's already been there. He was always there with me. But then I feel him. Because I have got something out of my way that I could possibly put there that was causing me to not be able to feel him. Job managed to offer praise as he questioned God. Cursed himself without cursing God. Prayer kept him steady when the support of friends was inadequate. And whenever you find yourself alone, know that you can talk to God. As you pray about your concerns, don't forget to thank God for listening and for not abandoning you when you felt alone. God is still present. He hears your words and he sees your tears. Number two, be in a community. Ecclesiastes 4.12 And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now, if we go back to uh, the children of Israel when they were building the tabernacle, uh, you'll, you'll read a lot about fine twined linen. And they take these linen strands, 
single wind strings, which are very fragile, but they will start wrapping these strings together. And they'll, they'll put seven, 10, uh, 12 of them together. And they, they will twist those strings together and make one single thread, which is a whole lot stronger. So when we get into our, our church services and we get into, uh, we come in and, and we see everybody, you know, I could be down, I could be feeling bad and having one of those days, you know, where I really don't, uh, would really rather stay at home than come to church. And when I get here and I see everybody and I talk to everybody and I shake everybody's hand and everybody's smiling and everything, it lifts me up. And see, that's what we need. If we need, if you do not come to church for no other reason, come here to glorify God and to lift up your fellow man. Just let them know that you're here, that you love them, that you're, you're praying for them. Just tell them, good morning, if nothing else. Be in a community. Be a part of people who love God and people who want to trust in the Lord and want to do the will of the Lord. Those are the ones that we need to be around. In Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are getting together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. It does not matter if one of those are going, is going through a trial and going through some troubles and he feels like he's all alone. When you get those two or three together and that one or the other two starts praising the Lord and everything, the next thing you know, you're going to be doing the same thing and then the next thing you realize is you're not alone that the Lord was right there with you all the time and then whatever you're going through is just sort of fades away. Your support system. That's what we as a church needs to be for each other is a support system. Take the time during the week to pray for our brothers and sisters. Um, Take the time to mention their name to the Lord. A lot of times, I, there's people in here I still don't know their names, but I know I know them by face, and their face will come to my mind, and I pray for them that way. But the Lord knows exactly who they are. We can encourage each other with God's word, offer pleasant company, give advice as needed. There again, follow the Lord. And let him lead you with the advice that you give. Since the creation of Adam, God did not want us to be alone. And he did. And he, we don't have to be. Not only is God with us, but he has also blessed us with people in our life. If you feel like you don't have anyone in your life to offer adequate support, much like Job, then pray to God to help you find that support system. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Wherefore, comfort ye yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. Hebrews 10.23-25 Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. 
And let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Consider one another. Be considerate of one another. Think about one another. Provoke to love unto love. Show them love. Show them respect. We are somebody. If we, if you are a child of God, we are somebody. It, it doesn't matter what you think about yourself. We are somebody if we are a child of God. We are a child of the King that owns the world, that owns everything in the world. Number three is trust. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. You know, this, this, this is one of the things that we as human beings are world's worst at is turning control of our lives and everything that we have over to somebody else and just walking away from it. We, we can't do that. It's, it's almost impossible. Very hard to do that. Even if you turn things that you know that you cannot control and you have no control, over and you cannot fix even though you turn those things over to the Lord you still want to have some uh, resemblance of say so in what's going on and how it's being fixed trust is hard to manage if we seek and follow an invisible God when we trust God, especially when we are alone, we acknowledge that everything will work out for good in the end. Even though we cannot see how that the situation that we are in is going to work itself out and going to work itself out for our good, we cannot see that. We have to trust that God is going to work it out and it will be for our good. Trust means believing in a God we can't see even when the situations we see are bad. Trust allows us to have the answers while acknowledging that God, that we do not have the answers while acknowledging that God does. Some situations people find themselves being blamed for their own suffering. In a lot of situations we are we are the cause of our own suffering. People who mean to offer help actually offer her. There again, follow, follow God's lead and let him lead and speak through you and tell you exactly what to say or to be quiet and just listen and tell the person that you love them in your presence. Devil enjoys when 
when he can disrupt our bonds of community, when he can come in between one, between us and someone else. Uh, while his situation can tempt us to despair, trusting puts our reliance in God and not people. Job shows that when we rely on God, we can, we do come out okay. No one can divide us from the Lord. Nobody. Not principality, not fire there, nothing. We're the only ones that can say, I don't, I don't want to follow you no more. I don't want nothing to do with you and just walk away. We're the only ones that can do that. You know, we, we have a free will. We have the choice of saying, I want to follow the Lord or no, I want to follow Satan. We have that free choice. Now then, when we, when we say, I want to follow the Lord, we need to follow him wholeheartedly, put our, our complete life and everything in our life in his hands and follow him and listen to him and do his will and trust in him and everything will work out a whole lot better. Number four, stay strong. Second Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. And least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to Bethlehem. We'll stop right there. This was Paul, who was in thorn in the flesh. And I don't know exactly what it was, but the Lord gave him a thorn in the flesh. And he asked the Lord three times to, to remove it. And he said, at least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Least I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. The Lord told him, basically the Lord told him to know you need this thing to keep you humble. You need this thing for you to not raise up and think that you are something that you're not. But my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. And we are made perfect in weakness. For we are weak, God is strong. For we are down and out, he is lifted up. Verse 10 says, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak to this world, I am strong in the Lord. This world and everything is going to pass away. Why we want to hoard up things of this life 
money, houses, cars, things like that, make this look like something we're not, I've never understood. Because it's all going, every bit of it's going to pass away. Money and everything will pass away. But Jesus in all his glory and everything about him will be when everything in this world is gone. So that's what we need to stand on. Those seasons of feeling the love, they don't last forever. The knowledge doesn't change the hurt of loneliness, uh, which you're, we're all all too familiar, you know. But the thing about it is, we know we know it's not going to last. Well, when we are in it, we feel like it's going to last forever, but it won't. But that knowledge of knowing that it won't still doesn't seem to help us at that point in time. And acknowledging the temporal nature of loneliness means that you can hope for a better future. In fact, God wants you to hope for something better. In Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. This is the Lord's declaration to us. Plans for our will be not disaster, not being in those positions when we feel like we're alone all the time. He don't want us in those places. He wants us out. He, he takes us through those to get us stronger in him. He takes us through those things to teach us but he expects us to go through those things. He goes through them with us. We're not going through them by ourselves. He goes through them with us. And when we come out on the other end of it, we need to come out stronger and better than we was when we went into it. This is what he, he wants us to, to realize. Is he When he takes us through these things and lets us go through these things, there is a reason why. And it's for our good, for a, a, for helping us to get closer to him and understand him more. When we feel weak, we can rest assured that our God is strong. The weaker that I am, the stronger that he is. And always bigger than the situations that bother us. There is nothing, nothing impossible with God. Nothing. No those situations where we are in, that we are all alone, and we feel like that they're going to go on forever, those are no, those are just something very small in the eyes of God. And we think they are so huge, but they are so small. But He takes us through this because He loves us, and He goes. goes I cannot stress this enough. When we are going through these things, Jesus is right there beside us, and He, when when we are uh, uh, at our loneliest point, the Lord is right there beside us. Whether we can feel him, whether we can hear him, he's right there with us. And he is going through the same thing and feeling the same thing that we are. He will support us in ways others cannot. Our story doesn't end on a bad note. 
God instead, instead grants us a future and a hope so long as we pray, trust, and seek. Community where we can, we will have all the support we need to resist the devil. God has good plans for us. Let us allow the devil to make it. Let us not allow the devil to make us think otherwise. There are good things to each and every one of us. Let us believe that the truth, that truth, because God spoke it. Believe. Believe in, believe in yourself. You know, that's one of, that's one of my, my biggest problems. Is I do not have confidence in myself. I have confidence um, in myself when the Lord is using me and I'm, I'm doing what he wants me to do, but when, I mean, just on a daily basis, I don't have any confidence in myself. The Lord will, will move and he will use you and he will meet all your needs. And like I said, he, he walks every step with no matter what you are going through, he is also going through it with you. If you can do nothing else, just thank him for what you have. Thank him for salvation. Thank him for mercy. Thank him for grace. Thank him for the things that you do have. You know, a lot of us, we can't thank God for what we do have because we, we are not happy with the things that we have ourselves. We always want better. We always want more. We always want bigger. The Bible says be content with what you have. Anybody have any questions or comments this morning? Anybody? Thank you all for listening. Your brother Ted is here.